Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam and Anne here sitting with David Niles. We have Juan helping us out doing the producing. Juan told us today that it was officially the producer day. Now, like I, National Producer Day, is I that true? Said, I said, well, guess what day it is? And he said, National Producer Day. And he wanted to get, get recognition for it. Yeah. Is that you, Juan, is that just you want to get to get recognition? Sometimes he's a liar. The thing about Juan is, sometimes he he's, lies. A, he's a liar. Is it a lie if you know that, I, you know that I'm lying? I didn't know. Uh, I thought yes. it was. Yes. And yes, to answer your question, it's still a lie. Okay. Now, I've had a question about this. Like, is sarcasm a lie? You know, and I think it depends on how Thomas Aquinas you take you, it. You should listen to the debate between uh, Father Gregory Pine and uh, Janet, uh, Dr. Janet, uh, who's the, Dr. Janet, um, NFP gal. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, it'll come to gosh, me Gosh, come on, somebody help, help me out. Uh Dr. Janet something. Anyway, she's really good Smith. as well. I think it is Smith. It may, Smith, it may be Smith, ironically. Uh, but they had a, a debate on, maybe Pines with Aquinas, I think it was, on whether lying is an actual sin. So, it, it, and it was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Wait, so one of them, I'm assuming Janet Smith was making the argument lying was not a sin? Not intrinsic. Like, well, it's not a, that you can... You can tell lies that are not that it's not a sin. Yes. Tell me, tell me lies. Tell me, tell. Me. Yeah, dude. Tell me sweet little lies. You know, lies. you know what I learned today? I learned what rickrolling is. I, I'm you like, didn't know what rickrolling was. I'm like was? so late to the game on rickrolling. Oh man, dude, I even dude. I know what rickrolling yeah. like, was. I had no idea, and I learned all about it today. Oh, dude, that's super hilarious. Welcome, Rick Astley yeah. is like Asler, Asler, Astley, yeah. something, whatever. I, you yeah. know, uh, rickrolled. Yeah. And like apparently in two thousand and dude, everybody else knows this. You don't even need to explain he, it. He was voted over Britney Spears and like everybody else who was big Smith. popular at the time. Yes. Mar Margo Basso, help me. Thank you, Margo. I appreciate it. It is Smith, Doctor Janet Smith. Anyway, but anyway, he was voted best performance of the year, and he wasn't even nominated. And this is in like the two thousands. Mm -hmm. He was voted. On the internet, people went and vote like he won without being nominated for a song he did in the eighties. <laughs> Dude, it's awesome! <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> yes, hilarious. Okay, uh, let's let's talk about this whiskey. Okay, so we're drinking some Old Forester nineteen twenty. Speaking of like national days or whatever, today is National Bourbon Day. It's also Flag Day. It's also President Trump's birthday. I'm a curmudgeon when it comes to all this. I don't care about these secular days that people all make. I Flag just day don't. is cool. Flag day is cool. Flag day is cool because it... There's some real there's significance some, to yeah, it. Yes, there's some significance to it. You're saying you're not a fan of National Bourbon Day. I'm just not making... I'm not a fan of making it a day. No, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. I love... You know, because like when you water down festivals, when you water down uh, days of celebration, it yeah. becomes nothing. I agree. But in my opinion, having a National Bourbon Day is not watering down <laughs> festivals, okay? This is I don't even put water in my bourbon. This is, I'm not watering it down. This is festivals hitting the sweet spot, okay? 
<laughs> I, so I agree with you. Counterpoint, National Bur- Bourbon Fair Day enough. is awesome. Fair now, enough. today is also National Pop Goes the Weasel Day. Not a fan. And international. I don't know who is deciding about the yeah, international makes days. These days. International Bath Day. Whatever that means. I actually, bath. actually, there's a website for International Bath Day. I went to it today, and it was all about how, like... Bold. It Bold was of you. actually very, uh, it, like, educational. It was all about children uh, and, like, the learning experience for little tiny kids in the bath and how great it is to have, parent, like, for parents to ha- let their kids have bath time because... They learn a bunch of stuff, and I was like, "Wow, I did not expect International Bath Day to be an education play, but it totally was." Anyway, today is National Bourbon Day. We have a bourbon. We haven't had a bourbon in a while. You're right. Old Forester, 1920. This is uh, it's Prohibition style. Are they is all Old for Old Forester Prohibition style? Do you know? No, you can read that right there if you'd like. Well, why don't you sum it up for me? There's too much. There's too much. Let me sum up. You should sum up. Uh, it continued to be like produced as a medicinal whiskey during the Prohibition on uh, Louisville's famed Whiskey Row. It is the only bourbon continuously sold by the same com- company that has been available for sale before, during, and after. after the pro- only one. That's what it says. So right somehow here. these guys had like an in with some politician. Most likely. I mean, that's the only way. So I- during this time, all whiskeys had, been, uh, had to be bottled at 100 proof. With the barrel entry proof of 100, the Angel's share would have created a 115-proof whiskey after uh, uh, matura- uh, maturation. 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 Thank you. Hard to, word. To, pr- to pay homage to this era, Old First Forester presents 1920 Prohibition-style bourbon at 115 proof to represent the rich flavor profile this bourbon had nearly 100 years ago. So they're saying they would have had to start off with 115 proof so that by the time it aged, they had a hundred proof that was going to be bottled, but they're bottling a hundred and fifteen proof whiskey because it says hundred and fifteen proof right Correct. there in the bottle. Correct. So okay. the aroma says an intense, uh, intense of cherry preserves, drippy caramel, dark chocolate, thickened maple syrup, and seasoned oak spices. I like the color. It's nice. I do like it's the a color. Nice, good. That's a good color. I do like the the taste. It says dark caramel coats layer layers with malt nuttiness and sweet graham cracker all warmed by green peppercorn i don't know what green peppercorn is i have never seen a green one if i saw a green one i'd be like nah with hint of cedar no no man i'm good no that one that one turned yeah and the finish says tart apple crispness gives way to a long smoky finish full of toasted marshmallow chocolate and graham cracker sweetness i wonder what the difference between crispness and crispiness is did you try it? No. Oh, sorry. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Ooh. Got to tell you, right off the bat, big fan. Me too. Even Juan picked it, this out, by the way. Way to go, Juan. Juan, Juan picked this Thank you, Juan. bottle out. Even as it was coming into my mouth yeah it was like i already could start to taste it a little bit and it was i don't it caught me off it caught me off guard because i was already tasting it and i wasn't even drinking it yet it's really good that's that's great it's super long finish you know it's it's uh hot 
it's got yeah, a little but bit of heat to it. 115 proof. proof. I mean, that's a you, lot. You'd expect it to be a little bit more of a bite. Normally, whenever it's that high of proof, you get that hard peppercorn that right. you know that the peppery taste. It's like wow, that is spicy. When, this and, one is not near as spicy no. as, as what a normal. Uh, High proof what it would alcohol. be, right? Yeah. yeah, but it does give it a nice long finish. Yes, you know, which is really really nice. Yes, uh, I think a whiskey with a long finish makes it easier to drink slowly. I agree. You know, because it stays with idea. you for yeah. longer. So, yeah. Yeah. You, it's like I agree. You don't have to take your next sip quite so soon. Can I also uh, give you give you and one props this evening? I will allow that. Whatever it is for. I will. So let, wait, let me let my cigar you've heard, or my my pipe. I always like to have that. Going. You've heard Christmas in July. I have. I got Christmas in June, so my my Christmas present from you two came in this month. After, in fact, I it's a it's brilliant move. I totally forgot that I had a Christmas present coming yeah. from you guys. Yeah. Totally forgot. I was like, I had no idea, and you you showed up with the with the Christmas present. Feliz Navidad. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. Did you want to wish me a Merry Christmas? I am wishing you a Merry Christmas. Thank you. And you guys got me a, a Joseph Peeper book signed by the Peepster. Like, I don't want to open it up too much. I don't want to mess up. But signed by the Peepster. Himself. Himself. Uh, it's a brief, the brief reader on the... Uh, uh, Virtues of the Virtues Human Heart. Virtues of the Human Heart. Thank you. Yes, or it's in it's in German, obviously, Kleines. being that he was from Germany. Le, However, it's you know Joseph Pieper is one of my favorite philosophers. I thoroughly enjoy reading his work. You guys got that for me, and I was telling Juan earlier this evening before you got here, Dave. It is like the almost the it's very ironic because it's like the almost the epitome of a leisurely gift, right? Because here it is: you gave me a gift of a book. In German, I cannot read German. Yeah, uh, it's a signed book. I can do almost nothing with this other than just would you look at it? Just looking at it. <laughs> However, it was still one of my favorite gifts I think I've ever received. Only because I sit here and I'm thinking like this guy who I thoroughly, like who I look up to, who is a kind of hero of mine, uh, a guy that I feel like I know only because I've read so much of his writings, mm-hmm. knowing that he at one point in time was holding this and signed it himself. Is there a, a cause anyway. for his canonization at all? Like, I don't, I don't think known, so. Was he known to be a, a, a holy, you know, because just because you write very well. Right. I don't know. Any, I, I don't know if he you know, exemplifies the, heroic the, virtue the or not. of sanctity, as they say. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't know of anything. But anyway, it's. It's one of my favorite gifts I've ever received. I was talking to one. I think I'm going to try to get some kind of like shadow box or something to like put it in to preserve it. Yeah. Because I'm concerned, like, you know, one of the kids may get it at some point or right. like it, something fall on it and it crushes it or something. Someone spills whiskey on it. Right. So and, anyway. And then the signature bleeds. Right. Oh, that'd be terrible. Anyway, thank you guys so much. You're That's awesome. We're going to talk about community You're today. You're going to have to wait till December to get your birthday present. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll be right back.
This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by The Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home, altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of The Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for The Catholic Man Show. CatholicWoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada on the buttons and the mouse. Really, he uses the mouse more than the buttons. If we're all being honest with each other, but we got our uh, man gear today is a football. As far as Adam and I can remember, haven't done a football. Seems like a pretty obvious man gear. I agree. We're talking about community today, so we wanted to talk about a manly thing that's used, celebrated, it reaches its epitome, its pinnacle within the community. And a football is totally lame when you're by yourself. Totally. You can do Although that. I've done a lot by myself. Right. Totally. I mean, yes. You can do that thing where you throw it up in the air and then run and try to catch it. No. But that's only cool... Like one or two times so when you finally do it. I want to get into. Let, let's talk. We only have twelve minutes to talk about this. I want to get oh, in football. I want to get heavy into this. Okay. Uh, about sports in general, like so, football is very important because it, as we're talking about the community, we're, we're talking about the importance of men getting together to achieve one goal, the camaraderie. Before the, we do that, okay, because you're about to launch into it, like about the game of football, uh, sports in general, and sports in general. Let's just talk about having a football. Okay. Uh, Adam, you are a f- you have a background in football. Yes, you played football. Correct. Outside of pickup games, you were the star quarterback for Bishop Kelly High School yes. here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. State. I don't know, I don't know about star, but yeah. state championships. No, I did not have any state you were championships. Like the Heisman winner no. in high school. No. Whatever. Like, sure. Well, okay. You I appreciate s- the. You were you started. You played. Though. Correct. You threw yes. touchdowns and stuff. Correct. And sometimes ran for touchdowns. That's correct. So if you're going to get a football, what should you look for in a football? Because obviously not all footballs are created equal. It depends on who you're uh, playing with. If I'm playing with a little kid, yeah. like I'm playing with my sons, I'm not getting a regular-sized football. I'm not getting a collegiate-sized football. You're not going to get a pigskin. Uh, n- I guess not. Because if it's a little kid, really a foam football... Is better. Well, so the so foam football would be great for a, a really a young kid, kid, like three, four years old. Uh, okay. yeah. I, I would transition to a rubber grippy football uh, for like the five, six, seven, eight year olds. Okay, because they can fit their hand around it. The problem it's is, gotta be, it's got to fit their hand. The, yeah, because the problem is, is, if you get too big of a football, they have bad mechanics in throwing because they can't, mm. they, they don't have the muscle to throw it properly, so they start side arming it. Right. Because they're trying to just get it to you. And that translates into a bad throwing motion as you, it's just like a, it's just like a, a, a habit, right? As you get into totally. the habit of vice, you have to correct it and it's yeah. harder. Try to change to your correct. golf swing. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. So that's what I would look into. Okay. Uh, but then I think it's also, you know, playing football, like especially on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. there's something good about it. You've got the, all the family together. Right. right. And you say, we just, ate way too much 
now let's see who's the who's man enough to still play. So can I? So I have ball. one of my longest family traditions is football. Is it includes a football. It's not the football. It's not a football game. Okay. So back uh, when I was growing up, I had a bunch of cousins. My my, my father and my uncle Mike. Uh, we would all we would all go out and we'd basically play keep away between the adults and the kids. Now, mind you, my dad is six four. He's a big man. Uh, yeah. A hilarious game when the kids are all small. Right. And Uncle Mike was a, a high school uh, quarterback as well. He was a, a stud quarterback playing in Texas. And so, but we would play keep away and we'd play it for hours after Thanksgiving, Christmas. I mean, it could be cold. And and so and looking back, I realized, you know what? My, my dad and my Uncle Mike, as much as they probably liked it because they always would rub it in that they won every single time. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. They probably did. Yeah. Because uh, they cheated. That's the reason. Why? Because they're huge? Yes. Okay. But they, uh, they did it even though they probably didn't feel like it. Yeah. Like, the older I get, the, the, the more I realize, like, I don't like to go out and play in the cold as much as what I used to. Or, like, after I eat dinner, I don't want to go out and play, right. you know? But they did it anyway because... How about we sit inside? Let's play an about, inside game. How about we just, like, not do anything? Let's play a game where I can sit on the couch. Right. But they did it anyway, and it created memories that my cousins and I have uh, talked about. We, we Every time we get back together, we, 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 we laugh about it. We, we have, you know, we tell jokes about it. We tell stories about it. It's very important. So, I but I do want to talk about this. We don't, and we don't have a whole lot of time for this segment. So you, do, I think it's good though to have an adult-sized football to create an adult game that even the younger boys, uh, that way they can play with the adults because the adults don't want to be playing with a a small. You know, like at Thanksgiving, you're going to have men outside playing football. Hopefully, hopefully you have a family big enough to do that. The the boys, you know, it's probably too big for them, but it still it like gives them something to like hey i'm i'm now a part of the men we're using a men's size fo- you know an adult football like i am physically becoming you know like i'm competing now with the men you know i think i'm good about that and a football doesn't have to be a football it could be other other sport sure too but i think there's something good about that that like okay yeah you have a kids football for your kids but when the men play we're not going to use the kids football mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah, because we're men, right? We use a real football. Yeah, I agree. Okay, sports. We're not going to have a whole lot of time to go into this, but so you and I and a lot of our friends have had hours of conversation about the idea of how yeah. do you how do you put your kids into sport? There's there's good things about sports. Disclaimer: A lot of people are going to disagree with this. I agree. Yeah, that's okay, and I'm okay with that. But there's, a, you know, there's some really good things about sports, right? You know, the discipline aspect of it, the camaraderie aspect, the yeah, understanding. Totally. Like, I, I have to rely on you. the brotherhood aspect. I rely on you to do your job. I'm, you rely on me to do my job. It's not going to work unless yeah. we both do our jobs. Yeah, I, I coached basketball, and I could my sister's team, and like we started in fourth grade. I could tell the kids who played soccer. Because they knew how to move their feet. Right. They had, it was like the fact that they had played a sport mm-hmm. uh, and soccer is really good for footwork, you know, it translated into the rest of their lives, even at a young age. Right. But at what point do you, there's goods in sports, but at what point do Clearly. you, yes, but what, at what point do you sacrifice other goods in order for your kids to play, to be, to participate in these sports, to achieve these goods? Yeah. Meaning... Like at what point in time do you say 
listen, I know that because we're going to play these sports, we're no longer going to be able to have family dinner time together. Uh, because we're playing these sports, we have to now play on Sundays, which because that's when the, the team that's plays. That's when they play. And so now we're having to take the family out on Sundays to right. play. Or you're having to go or, to mass in your soccer uniform or something. Right. You know? Or you have so many kids that it's like, all you're doing is that you're a glorified taxi driver as a parent. You're just going around taxing your kids everywhere, and right. you're not having any part, any family community. You're not having family time together. You're sacrificing family time for the sake of your kids' sports. Now, yeah. I get you want your kids to play sports. I get it. I do. I want my kids to play sports. Sure. I don't know the answer to this, and we've had hours of conversations about this, I don't know how to allow my kids to play sports at a competitive, somewhat competitive level where it's worth their time, where they can achieve the benefits of sports without sacrificing family time. Well, okay, so let me just say, like, first of all, who says it has to be at a competitive level? What do you mean by a competitive level? I'm not interested because if my kids are, you know, my kids are just naturally athletically inclined like you know Haley's a very athletic person i was an athletic person they pick up on sports faster than other kids that's just the reality of it mm-hmm. if they're out there dominating uh at a leisurely game like that people don't really care about they're not getting any of the virtues of what the sport is well i don't know i i would disagree with that because Okay, baseball, if they're pitching, okay, baseball is like, I don't really need to rely on my teammates a whole lot as the pitcher. They, I still need them to catch one if they, it gets hit, you know, like, I, obviously it's the team sport. But when you play soccer, uh, you know, you can't just have the ball all the time. I mean, the thing is, the kids, they will try, but you have to make sure that they don't do that, you know, so you have to teach. There needs to be someone who's like saying, no, there's positions. You have to play your position. Mm-hmm. They ha- they will play their position, you know. So like, it ha- it doesn't matter if they're the best one or not. They still should be. The competitive aspect is very key, though. So if they're not being tried, if they're not being like, this is I'm trying something and I'm failing uh, at it because somebody else is better than me. That's part of the sport aspect. So it's part of them understanding what failure is and how to pick themselves up and try harder and continue to push themselves to be better. And that's yeah. that's part of what sports is really good at. They and that is, yeah, definitely and is how good at I've transit like I trans transition transitioned part of what I learned in sports into the spiritual life and the virtuous life is I keep you know, I fail and I have to get get back up and try harder next time. You know, like I mean, I think beyond, you know, like, okay, soccer and like five-year-old soccer, you get, there's obviously one kid out there, they score all the points, but well, like, but how good at, like, what can they learn at five-year-old soccer that you can't just get a group of neighborhood kids together and no, have a couple oh, of dads? Yeah, no, no, I agree. Nothing. But what I'm saying is that like, for the most part, once you get beyond like kindergarten, so- like sports, your kid is not going to be that good where he single-handedly can dominate the entire game you know like okay maybe in flag football you know if he's the running back he is able just to run around but like once you get to like nine eight seven eight nine your kid is just not going to be able to do it uh, it's going to be a super super rare for them to be able to single-handedly so where to where like they're not ever going to get beaten they're not ever going to get you know like 
it's just not going to happen. I don't know. It, it, and I, if it does for a while, it'll they'll age out of it. Everybody right. else will quickly Quick catch, catch up. up. Yeah. It's a point. Maybe it's a topic that we could talk about. A full topic. This, it should be a whole show, I think. Yeah. So the man gear was a football, not sports. But football. Have, get a football. Get something. Play outside with your kids. Yeah. And with other adults. Yes, that's good. Good point. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So. For more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show, the show that Tyler McKee says only the Catholic Man Show can turn a football into a whole show. <laughs> Tyler, welcome. welcome. Only Tyler can turn like dough and milk and chocolate chips into the best cookie ever. <laughs> I know That's that. true. I know that for a fact. That is true. Okay, Come so to, we're going to talk about community today. Come to the camp out. Maybe you'll know it for a fact, too. I yeah. hope, hopefully Tyler can come this year. I don't know. I haven't checked. I haven't checked with the guy. I'm hoping so. I hope so. So we're going to talk about community today. Community. We went to EWTN. Not the television show. Correct. That's a good distinction. So we went to EWTN to record a television show. To record a television show. Yeah. In the event, uh, while we were doing Life that. on the rock. Yes. While we were doing that, David Biddle, our good friend, who we've mentioned on the show many of times. Many times. The guy who like I we shook as- my head no, but I, I meant to be shaking it head yes. The guy that like times. both of us are aspiring our families to be like his family. Yeah. yeah. He said, "Hey guys, you're going to EWTN. I'm from Birmingham because they used to live there in Birmingham. Right. I, yeah. And there's a guy that I look up to that I want my family to be like. And so we're like, wait a minute. He said, "Yep, these guys are they're a role model family for me." And I was like, "What? Wait, wait a minute. You're role model for our family. So we're meeting the role model of the role model." The hero of the hero? That is That actually indeed turned out to be the case. So we met... Uh, the Rumor family. The Rumor family. Charlie Rumor. Mm-hmm. And we had a great discussion. He and has 10 wife, kids. Allison? Al- yes. Alice? Allison? Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Mrs. Rumor. Mrs. Rumor. 10 kids. Please forgive me, Mrs. Rumor. 10 children. All very eight, Catholic. Eight boys, two girls. Yes. Eight boys, two girls. Very Catholic. One of the uh, sons is a... Uh, in the seminary for the fraternity. Uh, and praise, praise God. Praise God. And so we talked to him about community. Right. And he brought it, up some really good points. Well, he, he we didn't ask him about community. We just kind of started off, you know, we were outside chatting, after dinner. Chat-chitting, if you will. Yeah, had a, had a cigar and a drink. We started off talking about family. And he actually had made this comment a couple times. So, first of all, uh, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my beautiful wife, who is the love of my life, and just it dazzles me every day more and more. 
Uh, secondarily, secondarily, like to dedicate this episode to the Rumor family. Secondarily, okay? Because mm-hmm. uh, I have a, voc- a hierarchy of goods here. Um, anyway, he made this comment a couple times throughout the evening that the family is an imperfect institution. And it, when he, the, the, at first when he was saying that, I was kind of thinking like, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I guess. You, you know, he, he wasn't asking me, do you think it's an imperfect institution? But I just heard him mention that and it's like thinking, I don't, never really considered whether the family is a perfect or imperfect institution, you know, so, okay, you know, had to think about that a little bit more. Well, then later on in our conversation, he brought up how he realized and that once his kids were getting old, you know, what that meant, how he has a daughter who just turned 18. She turned 18 like the day after we... No, the day, be- the day after, yeah, yeah. The yeah. day after we left. I'm sorry, yes, you're right. Um, and how, you know, now all of a sudden he realized he needs there to be eligible young men who are worthy because he's raised a beautiful uh, young young lady who you know he's done a great job. I feel like they've just they've been very intentional about parenting and raising all their children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for his sons and for his daughters, he you know he wants there to be worthy spouses um, for them mm-hmm. to seek out. Mm-hmm. And so that's when he realized I really need the, I, the community. I can't just say no. I'm just doing my own family thing. You know, the community is going to do what they're going to do. No, you actually have to be a part of it because your family at some point will leave and you need them to you need them to find someone good. Ideally, in the community, I mean, think about this. Do you want your kids to move away? No. No. Nobody does. Now, they might. They might. Okay. But uh, what if instead, you know, you could foster a community right where you live where your children would find spouses within the community. I mean, this is really better anyway. This is like the best ideal scenario that you live where you were raised, you know, because you've got history, you've got roots. Tradition. tradition. Um, like Stability. When, when you go to start a family, all of a sudden, yeah, you have a network of people to rely on. And like when you, when you start having kids, that network, it's a big deal. I've wanted to do a whole episode on the importance of stability and how it relates to traditions and being able to pass down traditions. Write it down so we don't forget. Yeah, that that would be a good one. But sports, stability. Okay. Ooh, easy. Both start with an S. Right. Okay. Uh, No, but he made this point that, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I just want to go for it. He made he made this point that he, he obviously has the role as a father to raise his children well. Mm-hmm. But in the community, he has another role, a secondary role, to raise the other children well. Because ideally, yeah, uh, you're in your community as a mentor, you know, whatever. As a mentor, as a you know, as somebody who as a role model to for them to look up to right. and to to help form these children. Yeah. Because ideally, you know, in these communities, you, you know, you have fifty families, and they're all, you know, they all have children. What's well, like. Well, there's a there's a good chance that I would love my son to marry your daughter. Well, I want to make sure that your daughter is a virtuous woman, just like right. you want to make sure that my son is a virtuous man. Right. And so, if you're living in this community, if you're living in an intentional community of Catholics, to develop this culture, to develop traditions that you have, you are responsible not only for your children, but for the children that is in your community. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, oh, man. 
because I've always taken the even with like your children and Posadas, you know, I've always he- hesitated or like had this like weird feeling about trying to uh, discipline your children. Parent, it's like, yeah, like parent your children because like listen, you hey, parent your your kids differently than I parent, right? And, and vice versa. Everybody has their own style, right? And so like, I don't want to overstep my bounds, because, which is good. Right, you know, which is a good thing. Don't try to be somebody else. Uh, the Right. Some other parent, totally. you be you be you totally. But, but like you know, I don't over. We shouldn't help each other as a you know as a as you know our best friends. I don't want to overstep my bounds because I respect both of you, right? Yeah. But there's times where it's like, listen, your kids are. We gotta get your kids in check. You gotta get my kids in check. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just kids are kids, and so you you have to be able to to discipline. And I thought, man, that is so right, and so you have to be willing to let your kids be disciplined, being that. The men are all on the same, and the women, the families are all on the same page, knowing like, listen, we're striving for virtue, we're striving for holiness. You know where I am as far as parenting. If you see my kids out of line, you better you better correct them. Yeah. I thought, man, that is that is a interesting. You know what's hard take. about that? I think there here's a tendency people have. Uh, if and if they see another adult take their kid aside and talk to them. Then they they feel like I need to step in also and discipline them, mm-hmm. you know, to show the other adult that hey, I saw that I'm I'm on it. Mm-hmm. But I think I I don't think that's always correct. I think what you really need to do for the sake of the child is let the other parent's correction be enough, so that the so that the child understands. It's not like oh he got you in trouble and then you came to me to get in trouble. Right. They actually corrected you. Now there's a whole whole. Like thing about the, this that, that only to, takes place right. within a good community, right? You know, I mean, it's like if your families aren't close, mm-hmm. then that won't work, right? You know, um, and so that's why community is just—it's so so important. It's one of the things that when people come, uh, like when we bring speakers in, mm-hmm. they'll almost they, they almost always comment on the little community that we have that we have. I know uh, here, but I mean, we've got. So one of the things he said, a good, like a really solid handful of families, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's more than a handful, but that you know it's, this is our little community that we have, right? Um, and it's 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 the people that you'd expect. It's like your sisters, you know, my sister Juan. It's like just the people at our parish who live, you know, within the square, within one mile of us. You know, it's not like we're pulling from all over Tulsa, right? Like we've collected the the best premier families, right? We're not doing that. We're just taking like this. These are the people who live with us, you know, and making them part of our lives. Yeah, and we're exactly we're we're living together. And one of the things he says is like the, the one of the main things, one of the first things about a good community is the community provides both a spiritual and material need for the community. Like, and so there's a spiritual. Yeah, that's, that's the purpose. The purpose. There's a spiritual uh, aspect and there's a material aspect. And uh-huh. he and he made this point. He said, like, listen, if uh, if Adam loses his job tomorrow, in the community, you would expect the Niles, the Posadas, the Guzmans, the Bassets to pull together and bring some money together or yeah, bring, whatever bring meals, material yeah. needs to help sustain the Minahan family. Right. And vice versa. And so like, I was thinking like, yeah, that. how often do we just rely on, say like, oh, well, the government can do that. Yeah, or yeah. Catholic oh, charities get, can do that. You'll get or, unemployment. I know. It's like unemployment is incredible. Benefit, you know, like has. But it takes the burden off of the community. Right. Because exactly. you think, oh, well, they can have other avenues to achieve. Unemployment insurance, as they say, 
is a good, no doubt. But, you know, it comes at a cost. And that there were, that's just something that needs to be realistically examined. Um, It makes you have to be intentional about providing for your community. Right, exactly. And aware, like realizing that, oh, there's a family over here who just had a baby and it's their fifth baby. And the mom is probably exhausted, and I should probably supply them a dinner. It's a whole mentality that I think is slowly being washed away. Um, right. And and if you do lose your job, and then you realize like, oh, the parish, pe- families at the parish, they're all chipping in to give you money mm-hmm. to pay your bills and to pay your rent, make your car payment. You know, uh, I think that you might be more inclined to go get a job a little faster than it's like, oh, the unemployment. I'm gonna take a week off. Right. And then I'm going to apply for jobs next to, You know what I mean? Like, right. True charity has a ben- has this other gift, which we'll yeah. talk about. And the spiritual needs. Spiritual that- needs, yeah. Okay. We've we'll got a right lot back. to get to. Yeah. No way we're getting into it all. And- we got a lot to cover. Well... Let's I'll, cover it. I'm going to sidetrack us. I know you are. It's, been, it's, today, it's my thing. It's you today. It's, that's my thing. I, that's what I've been trying to tell people. Everybody says that about you. Yeah. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. We're talking about... I'm talking about community here with Adam here today. Uh, we were just talking about community and how if you do, if you're providing for the spiritual and physical needs of its members... Then we it at has least talked about the materi- material. It, it has a way of holding its members accountable for its own spiritual and ma- material needs as well. You know, like if if you lose your job and I'm giving you part of my paycheck, you're not going to sit around for an extra like two weeks to like take some time off. Right. You know, uh, figure some things out before you start applying for jobs. You're going to go apply for a job like right away. And if you don't, I'm going to make. I'm going to tell you like, hey, bro. Uh, you applied for any jobs, you know, like, right. do you need help with that? So anyway, um, a, a community, that's one thing it does. It provides for the physical and spiritual needs of its members. Um, obviously, uh, it's, it's when you get communities that have a common ends. I mean, that's another kind of prerequisite for a community is that it's a, a group of people who, who have a common end. Okay, that's when you can start to establish institutions like the church. Um like churches, okay. not not the church. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. churches. So um, it's you know, oh, we have a group of, here of people who are all Catholic. Let's build a church, okay? Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden we have an institution, or hospital, or school, exactly. Or- all of these things, and the institutions exist to serve the communities who establish them. Okay, okay. And so once you get some of these institutions, like a like a church, a parish. Now all of a sudden you can start setting up a parish sports league. Or something. In fact, the Rumor family, that's exactly what... We just we talked about sports. That's what they did. It had a really interesting... That's brilliant. I don't want to talk about it because even though it was a great idea, we don't have enough time to talk about it right now. Sidebar it. Yeah. We'll have to come back maybe for a sports episode. But um, anyway, so that's like what community is supposed to do. And all of these things kind of build on it, on itself and help make the community even better. But you have to start... An established, you have to take ownership in the beginning. You know, you have to say, no, you're a part of my community. And, you know... Yeah, accountability is yeah, key, I think. You have to be willing to say, yes, I will sacrifice for you if that's what you need. 
If you're not willing to sacrifice for the community that you're a part of, then guess what? You're not actually a part of the community. Right. Because a community, being in a community is not simply like, oh, what do I get out of it? You have to put in. And if you're not willing to put in, then you're not in the community. Mm -hmm. That's something that Juan's really good at is he's always helping us. Like He's really good at being able to assess the needs of the community in general and then be there for them uh, in yeah. order to like serve the common good. He's really good That's at this. Gift. He like, he's like a, a, a boat and community is like in his wake. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like he I just do. leaves it behind him. Okay, so what's another thing? Uh, so uh, it's got exclusive membership. Um, you have to be willing to say who is and who is not in the community um, because... Otherwise, you don't really have a, a community. It's um, communities have the right to establish their own membership. For instance, you know, these things happen naturally. You know, okay, well, are you in the parish or are you not in the parish? If you go to this parish, you're part of the parish community. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, parish life is really where the community is supposed. It, when done well, parish life is the hub. It's sort of like the the litmus test of who's in the community. Mm-hmm. You know, who's there on Sunday? Who do you, you know? Who are you seeing every week mm-hmm. at Holy Mass? Who are you offering the the sacrifice of our Lord? You know, who, who are you there doing that with? It's the most important thing you do. Mm-hmm. Who are you doing that with? That's going to probably be the main thing that establishes who is your community. It's not necessarily the only thing, but it's a huge, huge factor. So having a local parish that you go to, this is why it's so, it's so great when you go to the parish it's just right by your house mm-hmm. um, because th- everybody else that's there is probably like within a mile or two of you. And, you know, it's a, it's a network that now you can rely on. You don't have to call somebody across town, especially if you live in a big city where it might like might be an hour mm-hmm. to get across town. They're not going to be able to help you the same. You know what I'm saying? I do. I agree with you. I'll shake my head. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. Actually, I did see that. Okay. I just wanted you to say it. Yeah. And it's also the place where... Uh, the the virtue or the skill sets of each person can be manifested to help the community, right? So Juan is really good at assessing where you know people are and being able to to be there for them. Uh, Haley is really good at seeing the need, the spiritual needs of other people and being there for them. Pamela right. is really good at seeing what the children need and and helping them. You know, so right. like everybody has their own gifts. Yeah. And so if you are in this community where we all have the same ends and we're all helping the spiritual and material needs of each other, it's a place where each person's assets can be manifested in the community. Yeah. And, okay, so and once you realize this, I'm part of this community, you need to be, be part of it. The community is supposed to take care of itself. Okay, so you think about an old school, old village. Mm-hmm. You know, back before there was highway systems, you know, like the village took care... Everything you needed was self-sustaining. You know, there was they had farmers there who raised crops for the village. There was the blacksmith. There's blacksmiths in other towns, but you're not going to go to the other town. You're going to go to the blacksmith in your town. Mm-hmm. So we need to adopt that same mentality. Like if there's a guy support each other. If there's a guy at your parish who does taxes. You need to you need to go get your taxes done from him, mm-hmm. even if he charges ten dollars more than the other place you right. go. You know, like so what? He's right. he's in your community. Okay, right. now if he's you know, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars more. Like, okay, at some point, prudence you have takes, to, you have takes to take, effect. Yeah, exactly, sure. like your own means and <laughs> right. prudence <laughs> and takes situation. Effect. But, you know, that's the kind of thing we need to do. The people, 
who are there in your community, you need to be going to them for their expertise. Like, what are they good at? Use them. Mm-hmm. If there's a guy, a painter, and you need your house painted, I mean, don't even call other people. Just right. call him uh, and, and let him do and it. Have him paint your house. Hopefully, because you're in the parish, he he's going to give you a good, you know, like right. And he's a virtuous man. He's not going to rip you off. He's exactly. going to do the work well. And so now, if he has a reputation, otherwise, take that into take that into sure. account. But um, we need to adopt a community mentality. It's subsidiarity. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's a fundamental principle of being Catholic mm-hmm. um, that we take care and we live in our locality first before we like go to these like outer rings of of society and, you know by doing that you're supporting you know by having the painter at your church by having him paint your house okay well you, you've now enriched his family they can now donate more money to the church right you know what i'm saying so you're gonna have your house painted no matter what you should have him do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and we shouldn't you know, like, don't let, this is kind of where capitalism isn't always, like, the only model. You know, it's like, oh, no, well, he charges more. Should Forget that. Go to the guy next door, you know, like, across mm-hmm. town who's going to charge you $4 less. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. no, don't do that. Have the guy at your parish do it. Um, and, and that's, I think, like, it's not something that we think about because we're just raised differently, especially, especially, I feel like, our generation We've grown up with the internet. It's so easy to just quickly do a Google search and find, oh, here's everybody's one of the best reviews, lowest prices, you know, and we don't think that there are consequences to... Mm-hmm. We've disassociated ourselves with the community. There's nothing, there's like nothing about being local anymore uh, when you do that. And we're all guilty of it, sure. Yeah, oh, oh, certainly. I mean, I still buy stuff on Amazon. Right. You know, like... And like, how do you not buy stuff on Amazon sometimes? But right. but that's not building up the community necessarily. I'm not saying shopping on Amazon destroys you. Right. You know, just for some people are going to say like, hey, well, there's no, going to be people you, that are going to hate buying, this just because you anyway. buy stuff on on Amazon doesn't mean sure. you're like a community hater. Sure. Okay, I'm not saying that, but it's just something um, that we need to like once again think about a lot. The, the the things that I kind of came up with mm-hmm. after talking to Charles Rimmore, it's, it's like, number one, it provides for the physical and spiritual needs of the community. It has exclusive membership. And so you need to make sure that you are participating mm-hmm. um, because a community needs to be bold enough to say who's not in the community. Okay. Uh, because it needs to make sure that people are sharing a common end. Right, and when you're in communion, you're saying, I believe in everything. This is the whole whole, whole issue with like the whole communion aspect in uh, and who can receive communion yeah. in the liturgy and who can't. Because sometimes Protestants will say, I believe it's Jesus. I right. believe that. But by receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, you are saying, I believe everything that the church teaches, and I, and I have the virtue of docility to the Pope and to my bishop and to my parish priest, and I, I, I am making a public act to show everybody else that I believe this. And if you don't believe this, then that's a fraud. Then you're a fraud. That's not, then you're, as Bear Wozniak says, you're a poser. Yeah. You know, and so this is the whole aspect of like, you can't, you cannot receive communion in the state of mortal sin. You cannot do that because you are separated from the church. You are not, ex- right. you're, you're not. You don't receive communion if you're not in communion. In communion with the with, church. With the church. So 
but yeah, so I agree. And then And that's why Catholics should never receive communion at Protestant churches, even though it's just bread and wine. Right, because the, you're the, not what the symbol of that you're the thing right. that you're saying in reality is that you're in communion with these people and you're not. Right. You, you are not in specifically not in communion with them. It's exclusive membership, right? I mean, right. Uh, and we want everybody. It's not that this is exclusive like you no one can get in. Everybody can come in. In fact, right. Christ prayed everybody would, you know, prayed that all men will be saved. However, you have to, like by being in communion, you have to adhere to the what we're trying to the standards of this community. The irony is that ex- exclusivity leads to inclusivity. Because by you saying, no, I'm sorry, you're not a part of this communion, then they say, oh. If you just say, yeah, everybody come receive communion, no, it's no big deal, then they won't ever realize, like, you're not actually part of the church. Right. By saying, no, you can't receive, that lets them know, but we There's want boundaries. to come in. Please join our communion, our community, our church, so that you can be in communion with us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't It doesn't do any good to lie about realities. Right. So exclusivity, to, to get everybody in. exclusivity yeah. says a spade is a spade. It says that what is true is true, but please come join us. So if you're listening on the radio, make sure to tune in the podcast because I have some practical tips on how to build community. Right. Kind of. Depends on... Yeah. If, if, you go and, if you go and find the podcast, we'll be right back. Yeah. Or if hey, you're still on Juan, the podcast. Juan, can you put up, pull up that uh, quote really quick? So I listened to this uh, lecture by a man who I am cont- like more and more uh, enjoying his academic work uh but but from professor rj snell i think i believe he's up in canada the uh, the west side of the the western canada i believe but i may be wrong there but he says there's a sort of catch-22 for many people being spiritually impoverished many of us do not see that being in communion would be a good thing until we get a taste of communion, we cannot become existentially rich enough to desire it. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Like, so it's it, it's I have to think about that for a second. So it, it, it's the idea that you don't know what you don't know. If you don't if you don't see a good community, uh, you don't know that being in a good community is a good thing. But until yeah, you okay. see it, yeah, then you have this taste of realizing like the richness of a community. And so if you go and I think you can go on to Mystic Institute, I think he gave a lecture on it. You can, you can Google, Google him, but he brought up a couple good points that I'm going to pull from him. And then a pull from Peeper on ways of building community, like, like real ways of building community. And the first one is from uh, professor Snell. He says, you know how to build community, live the Sabbath. Well, Yes, totally. So he says, like, you want to build a community? Be available on Sunday. Have no plans on Sunday. Sunday better look different than every right. other every other day of the week. Right. Because when it says, like, keep holy the Sabbath, you know, and, like, what is it that the church expects of us today? The church is, is you know, this is the way the church operates. It doesn't put a burden on us to uh, hold to the ideal. It, it calls us to the ideal. What it... it the, all that it requires of us is the minimum, you know, like to even receive communion. It's like you don't have to like be just like pouring your heart out in love to your Savior like you should be, right? Uh, it says you need to be in a state of grace. Um, on the Sabbath, it says refrain from like your occupation, okay? So if you're uh, an accountant, 
don't be doing accounting on Sunday mm-hmm. if possible. I mean, if there's absolutely no way around it, okay. But I mean, if you're going to lose your job if you don't do it on Sunday, okay. But be like, that's all it's asking is not to do. Don't do your the, your vocation. You know, the thing you do for a living. Don't do it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But really, with so much more that the ideal is so much more than that. I mean, and that's a, it's a temptation sometimes. Like, oh, you know, like the kids are napping. Right. Uh, you can't use. You I'm can't- gonna like. I got. Just, I'm gonna patch this drywall real quick while the kids are asleep. You know, I'm not even losing any. Like this is a temptation. This is a temptation that runs through my head sometimes. But it's like, no, you have to resist that because the Sabbath isn't just for your kids. It's for, for you. you as well. And it's my own mentality. It's my own. Because if I know if I start to do that, like oh, I'm just gonna get this done real quick. It's on my to do list. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if company's coming over and there's a huge hole in their room. Okay, I might have to patch the wall if it's Sunday. The quickest or- way to get the, your to-do list done is have people over. Yes. Oh, that is so true. I remember when our first, when Elizabeth was born, Pamela wrote, a, when she was like eight months pregnant, maybe seven months, I don't remember exactly when it was, but she wrote a list like, here's everything that needs to be done by the time the baby's born. It's like, okay. All right. Under a little, I work better under pressure. Right. You know, so. Pressure yields quicker results. That's right. That's right. So, but anyway, no, so like, so like on Sunday, I'm sorry. Just like the point is, don't let Sunday be a, a day of work at all. Right. And you know who who's great at this is Deacon J. Thomas. Totally. He's phenomenal at c- creating this community. After after mass, we all get together. Uh, donuts are provided. Coffees are provided. Like, and this is something that I struggle with with my family because we typically run home after mass relatively quickly after we all talk in the comments for a little bit yeah. to have a family brunch, right? But the ideal situation to build this community would be, no, 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 let's let's hold off on that and let's stay and have a potluck or a brunch or, or something with the the people in the parish yeah. to, to, to build this community up. Yeah, so the, the, you're, you're right. I agree. That takes place, though, in small parishes, it's hard to do in a big parish. You know, like, if you have a thousand people at Mass, the whole, like, doing a potluck afterwards, it's just not going to happen. I mean, well, I mean, ideally, like, realistically, though, out of the thousand people, who's going to stay for yeah, the potluck? Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know, but if it's the, like. Out of the thousand people in your parish, you're still, the numbers are the exact same. The numbers are the exact same from a small parish to a large parish. The, the, the difference is the small parish all gathers together. The large parish, it's the 15%. No, no I don't think who, the numbers are join. the same. I mean, I, I, I don't At think At least that's, that's my experience. Every time I, I go to a small parish, like I go to Most Precious Blood, I see er, almost uh, 90% of the people right. stays, and then I go to a but big see, parish here I think in the Tulsa. Part of that Tulsa. is because it's a small parish, there's real community there. It's uh, the, That's the thing about community is you have to think small. If you Once you start getting big... You the that sense of community it starts to break down. I mean, like, where are people the loneliest in big cities? You know, like, sure, out in the country, you might have one neighbor, but you like you're 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 not alone. Like, I don't you disagree, are. but I just don't think that there's like I think you can still but have the, this. The point is, if you're doing the potluck and you're doing it well, and you're inviting the community, and you start inviting a thousand people, mm-hmm. you're gonna get. It's where it's just going to be so many people that are coming. 
I mean, the, the thing is, like, at a, we I, have I hope. How many, I, how I many hope families that's the do case. we have? 1,700, 1,600? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I would hope that's the case. You just can't. I know from experience that's not. Well, not all of them are going to stay. Of course not. But it's going to be a lot more than otherwise, at a, you know, if the parish were smaller. Maybe. Maybe. So, the, so anyway, I just say that small parishes really are, there's such a beauty in a small parish and people if you're in a small parish you're also very aware of the challenges there's that go along with small parishes because they they require more of you you have to be why you have to be willing but all of a sudden it's like is that why there's such a strong community i think so i think it's the small parish kind of orients itself to people actually being in community with each other right so that's why at the small parishes you've got 90% 90% attendance, you know, at the donut mm-hmm. line after mass or something, you know? Right. Uh, and just look at our our parish. Uh, like when our when it was young, like in the 80s, mm-hmm. um, you know, the men's club had stuff to do. Uh, they were needed, you know. Uh, the, it was the men of the parish laying sod. Um, they were the ones building the benches. Mm-hmm. Now we're a thriving big parish. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, we just pay for everything, you know, that's... It, it's it's almost it tends to be more of a consumer mentality that just naturally gets adopted. It's like oh, I use this church to go to mass. You know, I, I value. I'm not saying I value mass, but this is where I go to do it. It's not like this is my parish. This is where the you, ownership you know isn't what, there. The yeah. ownership. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. No, I do. It's it's a struggle. Yeah. Another one that I think Peeper would say, my boy Peeper. Yeah. Feast well. This kind of like yeah. coincides, right? This is a, a, a this is something that piggybacks they off all of the other go together. I know, right? But on Sundays, you should have your your breakfast or your brunch or your dinner, whatever it is that you do with your family or your community, should look different, should taste different. Your the the uh, food that you eat should look different. The wine that you drink should taste better yeah you should go uh, like to have true festivity does not take into account the cost of the fest uh, of the festivity mm-hmm. it, it is and that's something that's very hard as a father i know at least for me like you're always looking at the bottom line like listen i have a bank account uh we, there's right. only so much in there but like and you have to be prudence takes a, a, a you know a role in this but you don't you don't look at the expense and try to cut down on it just for the sake of saving money. Like, listen, this Sunday should look different, and the reason why it should look different is that, you know what? Mom makes the special uh, sausage gravy for the for biscuits, biscuits and gravy on Sunday right. brunch, and it is delicious, and it costs more because we use the blue and gold sausage in the gravy, uh, and that's why it tastes better. But Or the wine is better. At dinner time, or when we're all together, there's, there's always dessert on there's Sunday. Always dessert. You know, it doesn't have to be expensive. But you should feast well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on Fridays, we sacrifice. We we abstain. We you know we offer up in in in, in commemoration of our Lord dying on that day. Yeah, and this is something as Catholics we know very well that the sacrifice on Friday makes the feast on Sunday better, even sweeter. Right. And if you're feasting on Friday and Saturday, then on Sunday, it's just like... Another day. I'm kind of, you know, like, uh, it's actually work to feast every day. Right. Like, even just physically eating food, Mm -hmm. you know, just because like, no, I'm not going to... 
I'm going to take it easy today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if that's the point you've gotten to, you're over feasting. Mm-hmm. Something can that, I which, oh, go ahead. Juan. Sometimes I like to do, but you know. just really quick something. Father Casado is really good at Holy Family. Is that the coffee we have? It's good coffee. Is good coffee, and I. I it's not cheap Folders coffee. No, it is quality it is local double coffee. shot. Exactly. So the it goes full circle. So it's a community that roast is roasted in Tulsa. Tulsa business owned, and it's great. And uh, I volunteer in the line that gives coffee and donuts, and you see people fill up their coffee cup and mindlessly take a sip, and all of a sudden it's like. Wow, this is good coffee, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I tell them every time, yeah, it's double shots, and they know it's local. It's like it is that my that view of like, oh wow, I didn't expect to have this quality of mm-hmm. coffee that supported local businesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it it shows how people can really appreciate, and it, it makes you all the more involved in enjoying the cup of coffee that you are just having. Right. No, totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. The, the key is to look inward. Right. Look within your community for everything. Yeah. If possible. So here, here's another one that I think that it's very important. And one that I, like I think our community, like specifically your like you, me, one, we do a poor job of that I think it would be good to start. Okay. Uh in like incorporate music and dance to community. There's very little that will bring a community together. Then someone sitting down playing the piano, someone sitting down playing the guitar, the harmonica, whatever the instrument is, yeah, and uh, having folk songs being played, uh, having different songs where we can all dance together, where we can all like in like listen, you don't have to be good at dancing. Like uh, most of the time when I'm dancing, if my kids see me, it's embarrassing for them, right? It's because like, uh, I play the when I be when my kids more see me enthusiastic. Dancing? I play the be more enthusiastic than talented game like yeah. i'm not very talented in dancing but i can be enthusiastic about it and uh i can i can play that card really well when my kids see me d- dancing it's embarrassing for me right yeah because yeah. yeah exactly exactly I I, look i don't know how you right. guys feel about what i'm doing but i am but, super embarrassed but to, you can create culture the problem is and community in America, around around live music yeah around someone sitting down at the hearth of the home, you know, the, playing the piano mm-hmm. and singing. Like, your dad did a phenomenal job of this as we were growing up in our small faith groups, sitting down after we, we had our small faith group, playing the piano, us singing songs and running around dancing. And that, yeah. those created memories, those created traditions. I was going to say the problem, but I think really the challenge is a better word, is that the feast, like the idea of feasting and dance, uh, there were community dances. You know, it's like, yeah, like contra dancing yeah, yeah. and square dancing. You know, right. it was like there was a dance we all did together. Right. It wasn't, oh, go out there and two step yourself. Yeah. Or, or yeah, like just kind of, you know, shake your hips. and Like that's not if the people from ancient times, from old times saw us doing that, they would not know what we were. They was like, that's not dancing. Right. No, no, and, no. And I agree. I, I tend to agree with them because, yeah, in fact, I was talking about this today with Father Cosgrove. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. And how I have been to two events, maybe three. I've been to just a, a few events where contra dancing was on the menu. 
and every time it has been the most fun. I mean, it's just, it is a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had never done it before, and it, it didn't take, you know, it's not like I had to practice or like right. learn the moves or anything. Right. Because it's, uh, you know, like one person was there and said, all right, two lines, one line here, one line here. Here's what, and you know, within Everybody does this. 10 yeah. seconds, they had explained what was going to, and you saw the person in front of you do it. And sure. so, like, and everyone's laughing. And, and having fun, and having fun, and you're and you're not dancing with necessarily one person. Sometimes you are, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of them you rotate partners, and so you're all. It's a community. Everyone's dancing with everyone, and it is. Uh, and so because of that, it's not romantic, right? Yes, okay, that's so a good point. It, dancing like for us these days is like intimate and romantic you know yeah. like sensual i'm gonna hold you close and look deep into your eyes right. you know yeah, yeah. and it's like well you're not gonna dance with my wife right <laughs> you know yeah what I'm right, like, right right yeah so this it's like totally different mm-hmm. and we've abandoned it it's one of the best things ever we need to reclaim it i agree like if you have That's why i said it i'm glad you did but i wanted to make sure to clarify it's not just when when we say dancing like oh hey let's go out and you know Two step, wiggle together. around, right. yeah, no, or this, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it. There was dances but, we need to relearn. But this is also why when we went all Christmas caroling, how much fun we actually had as the Niles, the Posadas, the Minahans. We should do it again in July. Just, like, just like go and start singing in front of people. Right. It'd be but hilarious. like you know, with our kids, like we went Christmas caroling. We talked about it on our show, like when we did it. But like we had a blast. It formed the community. There were people talking about it in the neighborhood that there were Christmas carolers. You know, I mean, it, it formed this sense of local community. You know what else you can do is like processions, okay? Uh, obviously, yes. like uh, processions in church. But a couple years ago here in the neighborhood on the 4th of July, I think, we had a parade, mm-hmm. a 4th of July parade just through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And a kid showed up with a snare drum. Right. And it was like at the front and it was like all of a sudden, you know, families are pulling kids in wagons, mm-hmm. you know, and all we did was like walk around the neighborhood. It took 30 minutes. And then at the end, someone had snow cones. Uh, it, w- it was awesome. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden I'm meeting people in the neighborhood I'd never met before. You know, people who live five houses down from me. Right. You know, it's these days it's, a, it's crazy if you know your neighbors, you know, mm-hmm. so five houses down the chances of you really getting to know these people is it's hard you know harder and harder so stuff like that having doesn't have to be a dance you could have other things you mm-hmm. know parades have a parade for stuff mm-hmm. organize a parade you know what i want to do i have a block party i've been talking to pamela about this for like a month uh let's just, do it just like i can help you with that just like we're just gonna one, one is not a guy who who would be a pro block party guy like just knowing one know, he would he would probably think it was he's not like thinks uh, it's a bad so idea much, so much work yeah, and, bad idea you know but uh but I mean, we can convince like him. i'm just gonna start cooking burgers and yeah like, i'm gonna have burgers bring some stuff yeah i think it's a great it's gonna idea. be water and lemonade i think the last thing that i want to i want to make sure we touch touch on because i don't I know, feel how, like we're one hitting some good stuff right how, here how long have it's, we been going running I feel long. like i feel like we're, we're going Adam, a long I time just keep going if we've if we've got stuff like let the spirit flow man I was going to say, let, let the spirit guide you and just keep How going. How long are we going? Who cares? Keep going. No importa. No importa. I don't know what that means, but just... I think that... 
I just need a refill though. If we're gonna, if we're gonna keep going, oh sure. totally, sure. bro. Uh, so I, I, and I think this is the fruit of all the things that we've 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 said thus far. But it's being joyful, mm. being a joyful Catholic. You want to build a community, be somebody that other people want to be around. Yeah, be somebody that people are like, hey, you know what? I don't know why, but David never seems like he has a bad day in the office. Even the days that he does, he does not act the same way as everybody else in the office when he has a bad day. Right. Uh, you know what? It's really interesting. I know that Juan has three kids and a pregnant wife and has a full-time job and helps with the Catholic Man Show and 17 other things that he has right. that he helps with the church. But anytime that I ask him to help me, he joyfully says yes. Yeah. Uh, holiness and Mark Hart told us this when remember when we were at uh yeah. we, we were talking with Mark yeah when we were talking with Mark Hart and in Trent Horn he said like holiness uh you cannot oh, like you can almost not be holy if you're not joyful. Mm-hmm. And so like if we are the well, if we if holiness we are, makes creates joy. Creates joy. So if you're not joyful like I mean th- even holy people have bad you know like are sad sometimes you know like oh yeah where if you're around them at that moment they're not like beaming but you know that's not what you're talking about right you know? yeah, yeah yeah and so i th- i just think like if you want to create community be somebody that people want to be around yeah and that a lot of times uh goes against whatever your nature is right. a lot some of times people have and what, it takes what more we could effort. call resting angry face if you would call it that you know uh sure and, but I'm talking but, more about like the intentionality of like I don't really necessarily want to do this. That, well, that's what I was going to say is that some you know people are going to say I'm just not that person. I'm not like outgoing. I'm you not know, extrovert. I'm, I'm more reserved, and so I don't right. have that. Oh, I'm so well. Oh, welcome. You know, like I'm right. not that. That's not my temperament. That's not the way God made me. Right. And it's like yeah, fair enough. Start to do these other things building a community and you will find uh, like you'll find joy if 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 your community is centered on christ mm-hmm. this is key because not com- it's not community f- like for its own sake i mean community for its own sake is good but we're talking about the you know the life in christ uh, like progressing towards the end goal because actually community and friendship are almost the same uh, you know, they both, they require a lot of the same things. You need to have things in common mm-hmm. and you need to both have, you know, be, have Christ at your center. And that if, if these are the th- friendship community, same on both, both accounts. If you have that, start doing the things that we're talking about today in your community and you will find a, yourself smiling, you know, like right. I'm just the contradancing thing. When you, when I have left those events, yeah, I like I get to the car and tell Pamela. What's the like, what's the, what's the uh, thing that we do uh, before COVID? We went to the uh, Gilchrist Museum. Or something yeah, like yeah, that, that's that's that, the, 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 the that was dancing. Yeah, yeah, that party that that uh, young lady put on. She, right. I forget, I don't. I don't that remember. was for for the lady for or lady. It was, it was for Mary's birthday. For Mary's I think. Birthday. Uh, no, no, for January first, the feast of in January. It was a it was a Marian feast day. Marian feast day. Or Lady de Theotokos, uh, the yeah. mother of God. Yeah, the solemnity of Mary. Okay, Mary, the of solemnity God. of Mary. Yeah. So we had this big, some some young woman rented out, like a 
place here in Tulsa and just invited all the Catholics. And it was packed. It was yeah, awesome. It was phenomenal. I mean, and she just like decided, I'm going to do this. And she did it. It was, it was a, a lot so of ta- inspiring. Yeah. And a lot of times when you leave a festival that like builds community, you leave it going like, that is what it's like to party. Yes. This I, it's is like you what, get in your car and you're like, that's what I'm talking about. This that is was like. awesome. Yes. Yep. We need to do more stuff like that. I agree. And you know, like, and you know what? When you do that, you build na- like the the natural culture gets built under the Catholic undertones of like what you're celebrating. You you feast well, and your you, the festivals are centered toward uh, Christocentric festivals, uh, and uh, everybody else realizes that's what I want to be about. And let's talk about evangelization for a second, because this okay, let's, this let's is the catalyst for evangelization is is living in a community that feasts that not only feasts but knows how to have festivity okay because those there's a difference uh and so if you can say hey go into this party like come with me you know uh most of the time it's not apologetics that is the reason why Mm -hmm. someone joins the church it's because they find something true good and beautiful and if they come and they see a life and a commu- lives being lived in a way that is beautiful, that is holy, they want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when we have these kinds of communities, when, when we live in this, and it's like right now we're really romanticizing it, you know, like, oh, just go out and do it. It's hard. You know, when you, when, you know, if you say, like, yes, I want to do some of this, you're going to go out and you're going to say, hey, this is hard to do. It's hard to get people to go along with my idea. It's hard to, you know, like, you're going to run into challenges and roadblocks. Just, that's okay. Be ready. Do it anyway. Right. Um, but once you've done it, and you can have a small, you know, like baby steps, and you can ha- like have some of these events, have some of these things in your life, all of a sudden, evangelization, is get- it just gets easier. Because, because you- cause you're bringing out the true, the good, the, good the, the beautiful. beautiful. Right, exactly. You're and, orienting and yourself. Every la- like, you can invite someone who doesn't even speak your language. Just like drag them along, and they're going to know. What you're doing is awesome, mm-hmm. right? You haven't even been able to say anything to them. Just they're being able to witness something like this. It's like this is the height and right. the peak of culture, the peak of like what it means to be human, for us to celebrate the yep. Lord together in a way that God made us just to be with each other. You know, it's good. It wasn't good for man to be alone. It, right. He made us for this is what, what life is, is for, uh, it, is to celebrate and to live well so that our that our joy might be complete, right? So, mm-hmm. so this brings to my last my last thought. Okay, uh, and I'm open to continue going. I'm just saying that this okay. brings to my last thought, at least on uh, building community. Okay, and it, I thought about it uh, when you brought up on our, on one of our podcasts with Mike Hernan uh, on Messy Family Pro- Project uh, from the Messy Family Project. Yeah, great uh, episode. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, but you talked about. Uh, making sure to read uh, the the good books to to promote the imagination within your children, so that when they see beauty, they recognize it for what it is—not just aesthetically pleasing to the eye, mm-hmm. but understanding that it is true beauty. And so, I think you know the point it, I was it, making in another person, in another person, right? Yeah. That's what you were talking about in another person. But I think that that's so key in building community. Because you develop the imagination and you develop what 
true beauty, what true goodness, what like you develop these tr- the transcendentals mm-hmm. into your imagination, into what it's like to being a human being, to the point where when it happens, this is like what I've been reading about. This is this is what I've been planning. Right. This is what I have been studying. This is what I, you know. It become it manifests itself into reality. Yeah. Uh, and so when you and this is something that I'm terrible at, and that I'm I am doing my best to uh, get better at. By the way, I didn't tell you this. I have been holding out on you. Are you reading the Lord of the Rings? I am. Really? What? I have been. I am uh, halfway through the Hobbit. You are. Wow. Yes. Uh, and I have already purchased all of the Lord of the Rings on Audible. Nice. Uh, and it's it has been bought. Uh, and I'm almost through, like I said, I'm halfway through The Hobbit, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm finally saying, like, listen, I am doing Just this. Just doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. You but, won't, you will not regret it, my friend. I, it, it'll take, you know, I know you've tried before. You're going to have to just get, you get used to it. Uh, I'm just going to hunker down and do yeah, it. You just, I'm proud of you. Way to go. Um, Cheers. So, but the reason why is because I have realized that, uh, the importance of being able to form the imagination, the importance of being able to form uh, the truth, the, the transcendentals, uh-huh. uh, and how it actually does apply pragmatically to the everyday life. Forms the person. It forms the person. Yeah, I know. Like, this, and when we had Andrew Pudawa on, like, and I, years ago, I'm just like not mature enough. Like, I'm just now, I guess. Uh, that's what I was saying when I started this, like a year and a half ago, that I realized. My literary, I was like a toddler from a literary standpoint. And so I started off literally reading kids' books on audiobooking, kids' books. Like, yeah, me, me too. We, like, we started together. Yeah, I know. Like l- reading Little Lord Fauntleroy and uh, like kids, you know, they, they were written for 10-year-old boys mm-hmm. or kids, you know. But they were so simple and so beautiful. And right now I'm reading uh, Les Miserables and it is just destroying me like in a good way. I mean, it's, it's like wrecking me. It's such an incredible book so far. I'm like barely into it. It's probably going to be my new favorite book. It's a long book. It is a it is a long book. I would never. Anyway, I would never read it. Read it. it was but, like, but but that's the importance of like making sure you read good books to your children and to yourself and to yourself, especially yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because you read because, good books, now you can tell good stories. But I never, so I never made the connection, right? I never thought, like, like all, like, even up until uh, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. I, I've always thought, like, listen, I only have a certain amount of time on this life, you know, on this earth, uh, in my life, to read good books. Yeah. Uh, to read books that I actually care about. Uh-huh. Uh, I have no time to read uh, these little, like, I was like, internally like laughing dude. at you guys thinking like you guys are being so silly dude i've totally been there uh I've and totally been there uh like i remember thinking like f- like fiction I, like i'm not a kid well or like you're reading this and like guess what i'm reading gary gula grange and i i'm exactly. I'm, I'm reading things that matter uh-huh. and not little like uh p- stories yeah not that i'm belittling stories stories are great but i'm reading things that matter yeah uh and dude, I, I totally get it uh i I still like. I still have. I'm still fighting this uh-huh. uh, because I still feel that way. I, in fact, I'm about to start a new Gary Gulagrange book. 
that just got translated into English that I'm like super pumped to read. Nice. It's all about common sense, Thomistic common sense, which no is kidding. like something that every, like the world is just like falling apart on. Um, anyway, uh, but like I realized finally after like, I'm a slow learner, I'm a thick skull, I'm not very, I'm not a smart man. Slow but I, learners are good learners though. But I finally If you have, learn slowly, you learn well. Well, maybe so, I don't know, but. I just kind of like made that made up. Made that but up, but it sounded good. I feel like it's true, that's, that's why I said it. But I, I didn't commit to it, because I'm a slow learner. I'll um, tell you again tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but I finally realized like, in order for me to see good, and see the truth, and see beauty, I have to see it outside right. of the uh, just the exterior of things. I have to see it for what it is in reality. Um, so anyway, that may not actually pertain too much, but it, I felt like it did. I'm so glad to hear this. Because, dude, I went through that exact same thing. I that, think what you were trying to get to, though, was that in The Hobbit... The the hobbits know how to feast well, and they have the whole. They do, and it's amazing. Gathering. It's amazing that J.R. Tolkien can spend three and a half seconds explaining how golf was invented, and then take two and a half hours to explain how a tree was formed, like what a tree looks right. like. Yeah, it's like you're telling me that in the first like three pages, you you explain how golf was invented, the sport. Of does, golf. Does he do that in the beginning of The Hobbit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He talks about like, yeah, how golf was invented, how they invented golf. And I it's like, about that. it's like, you could go into a lot more detail there, but yet you're going to explain this tree over here. You're going to explain it for two and a half hours, yeah. all the ins and outs. Uh, and that's what I always hated about it. Yeah. But yeah, you have I'm, to resist, trying resist to this notion to, to, that to love it. This is unproductive. Right. It is. But it is productive. It, no, it, it is for it, it is unproductive. For its own sake. That's exactly why it's good. It's 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 leisure. Yeah. This well, book means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to like I cannot right. read this. And yet it's awesome. But it, and yet it is awesome. Well and, and what they do so beautifully there is in the emphasis in the foods and the eating, it, it just comes to show how crucial a good feast is. Right, not, not just for the term of um, even when they didn't know they were feasting, even when Bilbo Baggins had no idea why everybody was here and why everybody was invited. Why did Gandalf buy, like invite everybody? Right. However, they're all talking about feasting, so I better make sure that I have cakes and good beer and ale. Yeah. You know, and like yeah, Frodo, because Bilbo is long gone. Yeah. Well, for in the, the Hobbit. Oh, in the Hobbit. In the Hobbit. In Hobbit. I'm sorry. The same. Yeah. Never mind. But don't ruin it for me, sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. But the point they want to make is yeah. you're uh, right. <laughs> the f- the food aspect, right? A good meal is gonna take preparation four to time. six hours in the making, just in the making. Not, I don't know. Have you, not even have prep you ever time. used Uber Eats, bro? It's like, yeah. it's, but <laughs> it and, and the reason why I think I wanted to share mm-hmm. this is because in South America there is this whole notion about uh, you know you you get the food together, you cook together, and then you eat together. So the parties are more like you know from one to nine. Instead of you're invited to a dinner party, show up at at six. You can be done by eight, you know, and then go home. And that's just part of the communal aspect of saying, I'm, "We're not just gonna eat together. We're gonna cook together, and then we're gonna do all these things that is, allows us to spend time in something that is leisurely, something that is worth it, something that, that we're both gonna cherish." Yeah. Because while we're chopping veggies, we're also talking about 
our lives. And we're, you know, at the end of the day, when we're savoring something, instead of being something that, uh, that every family kind of like work individually in their own dish that they brought in, no, we all did this together. And everybody has a, a, a role. So it's a, a beautiful opportunity to commingle those things which matter, which if you look at, you know, the stereotypical Italian family that cares so much, that's all they do, right? Right. So I just wanted to yeah, that's pitch, that, that is that, that is very beautiful. I, I really like it, too, because it gives the men probably more more time to smoke cigars. <laughs> I would imagine. Indubitably. So that's all I had. I think I think I exhausted at least my points community, that I wanted man. to talk about. Community. Like just think about your community. And how, how can you make it better? I, I also want to like just emphasize the stability like the importance of being in one place. There's no way we could develop community right. if yeah. you and I you know, if we moved to different places, our communities we, would look different. Yeah, we wouldn't be in community anymore. Right. I mean we could maintain a relationship but we're right. not going to be in community. Right. And so in, in the American culture, the idea of like individualism about like going out and making your own person, you know, out into the world and moving away from your parents and all this stuff to achieve uh, success in whatever manner that that looks like um, is just a fraud. The more, the more totally I, the, I agree. Totally. The more I uh, the more I think about this, the more I realize it is just a it's just a lie. It is a lie because it is not. It is not advancing society. It is not advancing like you as an individual because you cannot advance as an individual without the community. You can't like the community forms the person. Yeah. You know, and so like if you are out there doing your own thing, and you are made for community, and you are made for communion, you are made to be in communion. And right. so the importance so of don't put it off. not not moving away. The importance of you know, have like being in the same spot, you know, l- like geolocations, geolo- like being there together and not moving, even if that means not taking a, a, a job that would pay more or not, you know, whatever it, whatever that situation is, is very important. Right. I mean, for traditions, I mean, for that, to pass I mean, down traditions. Sometimes, you know, like uh, some, obviously, you, sometimes, some, some it, things, sometimes it happens, but when you don't. If you can't, I mean, don't put yourself in a position where you're going to be moving all the time, you know, and like, because especially outside, if you have a family. Outside of the, uh, uh, you know, the armed forces, like if you're like. Well, like you know, like we said, you know, there's some some situations where you just can't have avoid it. Mad respect for all of them and we love uh, you guys. Oh, totally. Yeah. But I mean, there are some people who choose to take, oh, in order to climb the corporate ladder. Right, you have to move to this spot, then you have to move this you have spot to move over here, and that's just kind of the nature of the business that they're in. Is that you know, you know, if you're a single person, okay, it's you know that's not as big of a deal because mm-hmm. you can go and easily plant yourself into the new community. Mm-hmm. If you have a family, that's just not the case um, because a family needs more from a community, from, you know, from the get go. So you, you know, you're going to need to rely on other people a whole mm-hmm. lot more than a single person. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's not a single person. They alone can put themselves into a community, but you can't force a big group of people into the community. It's just harder to do. You can't pass down tradition to the next generation if you're not there to, to pass down the tradition to. Right. So I also just want to reiterate this. That I think one of the keys is thinking small. Don't, if you say like, 
I'm going to do this. This community, like, we need to ramp up our community. Don't just try to like go to the parish and say like, we are going to build community. Right? Like, what you need to do is pick like who are the who are your who are your friends? Like, who are your most intimate? friends you know the other families that sometimes you rely on. it's actually the friends of utility at this point sure. a lot of times it's like listen you can play the guitar or you can play the piano and i need like or you you know you can do things that will help me and i can do things to help you uh friendships of utility can turn into authentic friendships sure. but what i'm saying is don't try to like do it at a parish level right off the bat Pick the families that are closest to you. Build community there. Establish it within your own, because it has to. It, it has to go from the middle, mm-hmm. from small to big. To big. Okay. Sure. So establish these types of communities where you're feasting together, just between your your these few families, mm-hmm. and slowly incorporate more people. Move and like to the point where maybe you're moving. To a, a, a different venue, you know, and you know, like, oh, we're gonna now have this at the parish hall, you know, like, let it grow naturally, organically, yeah. yeah because if you try to like, force it, it's not force gonna work. it. People won't know what's going on, you know. It there's needs, no foundation. There's exactly. no tradition. Thinking small is the only way to build community, because at the end of the day, it's it's only a community if I can look you in the eyes and say I love you enough to sacrifice for you. Right. You mean something. I need you in my life. Mm-hmm. You are you've you're a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I I've structured it so that I I need you to get by. You know, right. like right. that's that's a community. Right. So start small and and grow from there. Uh, establish traditions between that small group of friends and invite p- people into those traditions mm-hmm. because once those traditions are there then people will say, I want that. Mm-hmm. And it, and that's how it will grow. Yep. Okay. I hope, I hope that's true. I hope everything we said is true. I don't know. That was a long that episode. Long, yeah, but people hate this. We're on the Lord's team. Raise your glass. 